0: Pastor Varun and Pastor Da Hopperson would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church, Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's dynamic teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus
1: Christ. How many people come with hunger tonight? Hunger. How many people expect God to touch you, to change you? Revival night is about the file of God, about the move of God, that God will come and touch you to keep you on fire all the day of your life. I've seen so many Christians who were on fire at the beginning, but they let the things of the world, they let the worries of the world, they let the hurt, the disappointments, and they let the demonic power to come into their life and eventually destroy their faith, and they become lukewarm, they become... Passive toward God and they're not excited about God anymore. And that is not the way God wants us to live. God wants us to be on fire all the time. God wants us to fall in love with Jesus, love him with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind all the time. God wants us just want to pursue him, want to be close to him all the time. And that is the kind of Christian life that we should live. And the Lord kept telling me that you need to stay on fire, you need to keep the move of God in the church because otherwise my people are going to be lukewarm one day. The Holy Spirit comes in order to stir all of us up, to love Jesus, to have the passion for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The church needs revival on a regular basis. The church needs the touch of God on a regular basis. The church needs the fire of God to come and burn all the junk, all the worries of the world on a regular basis. Amen. So I believe that we are going the right direction, that we allow the move of God to touch people's life. I want to see this church on fire until Jesus comes back. Amen. I pray for all of you all the time that no one in this room, no one in this house, and no one who listened to this sermon will be lukewarm and fall away from the Lord one day. Amen. And I stir myself up all the time to be on fire for God all the days of my life until I get old and to go to be with the Lord. Amen. Tonight, I would like to continue the series of deliverance or casting out demons. We have learned a lot already about demonologies. And if you never listened to this sermon, this series of sermon, could you please get the CD and listen to the sermon so you can understand your enemy very well. You know, as a doctor, I need to study about my enemy. And my enemies are brain tumor, herniation, infection staphylococcus aureus, MRSA, methicillin-resistant staph aureus. I need to know my enemy so that I can fight my enemy for my patient. The same thing, a lot of Christians don't understand how to fight the enemy that is demonic power or evil spirit or unclean spirits, And they don't even know how to get rid of those things from their life and help people to get rid of those things from their life either. And that's why a lot of Christians still living a very defeated life. They are not fruitful. They just kind of exist in the world. But they cannot be fruitful for the kingdom of God. But God wants us to be set free from demonic power. Tonight we're going to learn the condition of how to be set free from demonic activities in our life. I'd like to read a few scriptures first to show you the heart side of our God. In John chapter 3, verse 16 The Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Do you know that everlasting life starts now on earth? You don't need to wait to die, to go to heaven, to start an everlasting life. Everlasting life starts now. You can start entering into the land of Canaan, the promised land, now on earth here. When you get into the promised land, you get rid of all the giants. You get rid of all the enemies around you and you possess the promised land. And those giants, those enemies are demonic spirit that we need to fight and we need to get rid of them. The Bible says in Job chapter 2, verse 32, the Bible says, And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word saved a lot of young believers think that it's just about going to heaven, receive forgiveness of sin, and we don't have to go to hell. But actually, the word save includes healing, includes prosperity, includes victory, and deliverance, and being set free from problem in life. For in Mount Zion, meaning in the church, and in Jerusalem, in the house of God, there shall be deliverance. God said that deliverance happened. In the house of God, in the kingdom of God. As the Lord has said, among the remnant whom the Lord calls. It's interesting that not every Christian in the world wants to be delivered from demons. Maybe one part of the problem is that they lack knowledge. The Bible says God's people are destroyed due to the lack of knowledge, they don't understand at all about demonic spirit and how they are affected by demons. They never be educated. So they never been set free. And even some people who learn about this still never enter into deliverance. That's why the Bible say the remnant. It means that not every Christian, only the remnant. The people who really seek God with all their heart and want to pursue the holiness of God and the fullness of God want to be delivered from demons. This is a sad thing to hear that many Christians don't care at all about being delivered. They just live day by day, quesela, selah, whatever will be, will be. They don't care whether they're going to be delivered or not. They want to be clean or not. But I believe that a lot of you in this room are the remnant. You want to be clean. You want to be set free. Now I want to give you simple six steps to deliverance. If you can fulfill all these conditions, six conditions, you are the candidate to be set free from evil spirit. Number one, humble yourself. Everyone say, humble yourself. The Bible says clearly that God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. In order to receive deliverance, we need to humble ourselves. It means that we need to have an act of will to say, God, I humble myself before you. And I take action of humility. This is not a feeling. Humility of humbling ourselves is an act of will. Say, God, I don't care what can happen to me. I don't care what people look at me. My hairstyle may go off. Maybe my makeup will go just chaos on my face. Maybe I look like a mess. The patients who undergo surgery, they are willing to humble themselves. Have you ever gone into the operating room? How many people are nurses and doctors here? If you have gone into the operating room, these people suffer from brain tumor, from back pain, from leg pain. A lot of people suffer. In order to get set free from those problems, they need to humble themselves. What happened in the operating room is that the patient will lie on the table and then somebody open their mouth, put equipment in their mouth and look into the throat and put a tube into the throat and they lie naked on the table, and then they put the catheter inside the bladder. And a few people were standing there. You don't have to imagine what I'm talking about. Okay, I just tell you. That person humbled himself to be able to be set free from the disease and sicknesses. Some of them, I have to shave their hair. I just shaved somebody's hair a few days ago. Half of the head gone. Hair gone like this to take the tumor out. When he woke up, He has only half of the head with hair, another half bald. Is that a humbling experience? Very humbling experience. The same thing, if we are willing to lose our dignity, then we can have the dignity later on. But if we say, no, 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 God, don't touch me. God, I don't believe in this kind of stuff. I don't want God to touch me. I don't want to fall down. I don't want to laugh. I don't want to have the manifestation that the Holy Spirit touched me. Then you keep your dignity, but you will never be set free. In order to be set free, you need to come to God like a patient and let the doctor cut on you. Let the doctor put the anesthesia on you. Let the doctor shave your hair a little bit. Maybe half of your head will be gone. I'm talking about spiritual shaving, not real shaving. Maybe God needs to put a Foley catheter into you. That's something like that. No, you know Foley catheter. Foley catheter is a catheter that they put into the bladder. Maybe they have to put the IV line Or do something to set you free. So we need to humble ourselves in order to be delivered. If we don't humble ourselves, the grace of God will not be for us. God resists the proud. Amen? I want to encourage everyone in this room. Just be simple like children. Just don't look at your position. Don't look at your head knowledge. Oh, I know a lot of Bible. Now I'm I'm so great Christian. I know a lot. I don't believe in this stuff that God touch people and God will deliver people. No, you just come to God like children. Come to God like a young child and let God deal with you and touch you and always come to Him humbly so that He can set you free. It's a choice. I make a choice to be humble. In fact, I just went to Los Angeles two weeks ago and I pray for a lot of people. A lot of demons come out from people and by the end of the service, they have lunchtime so I began to lay hand on one lady. And the Holy Spirit came upon me. I got drunk. I could not get up for one hour. I was laughing, crying. The saliva came out of my mouth. The mucus came out of my nose. I looked like a mess that day. But I don't care. You may say, oh, Pastor Lau, you are the pastor from Seattle. You are a neurosurgeon. You are a dad of three children. Why you look like a mess? I don't care what people look at me. The only thing I want is the touch of God. I want God to clean me up. I want God to anoint me. I want to have the anointing without measure. So you need to humble yourself and forget about yourself like the prophecy say a while ago. You need to just forget about yourself. And you just decrease and let God increase on the inside of you. Amen. Everyone say, I decrease. And He increases. Humble myself. The second principle or second key to deliverance is be completely honest about yourself. The Bible says in John chapter 8, verse 32, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Jesus said that the truth will make you free. What does it mean? Number one, it means that if you know the truth in the Bible, that truth will set you free. But not only the truth in the Word of God from heaven, but the truth about yourself. If you don't accept the truth of yourself, then you will never be set free. If you don't accept that, I like to lie all the time. You keep having all the rationale and tell yourself, I'm okay, I'm okay, I don't have any problem. Then you will not be set free. It's like the Bible says that only the sick person will go to see the doctor. If you know that you have a problem and you go after the doctor, then you will be healed. But if you think you're okay, maybe somebody have a lump in the tummy here maybe a tumor in the stomach, and you can feel the lump, and you just keep being in the denial, just keep rejecting the problem and and deny the problem, you don't accept the truth that there is a lump in the stomach, you will never see the doctor. The same thing. If we admit that, I have a problem, I love to lie, I love pornography, I love to flirt with women, my heart is not pure, maybe I'm too lazy, maybe I don't love God enough, I need revival. I need the touch of God. I need to kick those demons that cause me not to love God out of me. I need to really understand the truth of my life. Have you ever woken up in the morning and examined yourself? Have you ever listened to the sermon and used that sermon and the, the word of God like a mirror and look in that mirror and see yourself? Every woman in this room, when you wake up in the morning, what do you do? You always run to the mirror. Brush your teeth and you look any pimple. Maybe you just squeeze a little bit, let it go. Maybe you see that your hair kind of messy after you sleep all night. What do you do? You try to comb. You look at yourself in the mirror to see what is the problem in here. If you don't look at yourself and examine yourself, you're going to walk out of your house. One time I remember my wife almost yelled at me. Because I got into the car and I forgot to comb my hair. My hair was a mess because I was in a hurry to go to the operating room and my wife came to the car. Honey, honey, come back here. You need to comb your hair. I did not know that my hair was in a mess. I did not look at myself in the mirror that morning. And I almost in trouble. Amen. You need to look at yourself. Maybe when you walk of the house, you need to look that you wear the same pair of shoes. Have you ever walked a different pair of shoes? I did one time to the hospital. It's so embarrassing. Because you don't look at yourself. You need to always know the truth about yourself so that you can correct the problem and let God help you. Let the surgeon named Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit come and cut the wrong thing out of you and do some kind of plastic surgery on you to make you more beautiful. Amen? How many people want to be more beautiful? Let the surgeon named Jesus come by the knife of the Holy Spirit to cut on you tonight. Number two, that is to accept the truth about yourself. Humbly know yourself and be honest about yourself. Number three, confess your sin. The word confessing your sin is an old-fashioned word, but it's necessary. We need to confess our sin. Why? Because the Bible says that Jesus came into the world as the light of the world. And people in the world don't want to accept the light. And one way you can enter into that light is to confess or expose your own weakness and your own sin to God. When you come to God and say, God, I'm sorry. That day I have a bad attitude. I try to stop gossiping people. I try to stop saying wrong things with my mouth. But maybe demon is inside of me, but demon of gossiping is in inside of me. I need to stop that. God, I confess that I love to gossip and I don't want that demon anymore in my life. Then Jesus will shine that light upon you because you expose yourself to God and say, come and operate on me. Confession is like a patient lying on the table, expose their body for the surgeon to start to work on their life. When you go into the operating room, there are always three lights on the top and you shift the light around to put that light into the area of surgery. If you go to the surgery, you will understand what I'm talking about. Very strong light will shine into the head of the patient. When I start to cut on the skin, that light shines on so that I will not cut in the wrong place. I will not cut into the optic nerve or some part of the brain that I should not cut. Because I have the good light in the operating microscope. The same thing, we need to let the light of God shine into our life by exposing ourselves. God, I'm sorry. I have this bad habit. Maybe you love to go to gambling. Two days ago, I met somebody in the park. We have a picnic. And that person talked to me. I haven't gone to church because I love to go to casino. I love to go to casino. I misunderstand. I did not hear the word car. I heard sino. And he said, what is going on in sino? What is sino? Because I never thought that people were going to say, I love to go to casino. <laughs> and eventually I find out, oh, casino, not sino. I thought a sino is a kind of a, a job or something, a kind of a profession that they do some job, sino, sino. Some people are really addicted to casino. They need the demon to come out of them. They need to come to God and say, I'm sorry, I love gambling. I need to get rid of that demon out of me. Amen? So confessing your sin and seek the Lord. Number four, Repent and renounce all evil. Repent means the change of the mind, remorse of what you did wrong, and turn around 180 degrees and follow the way of God. What does it mean, repent? Repent also means that you consider sin and demons are your enemies. If you consider sin such as lust or greed as your friends, God cannot get rid of the friend from you. You cannot be friend with sin. You need to hate sin. You say, I don't want to deal with you anymore. I don't want this ugly sin in my life anymore. I hate you. I turn around and I agree with God that this is bad. This is wrong. This is like a cancer in my life. I don't want to keep this cancer with me. It's wrong. This demonic power are bad things to me. So I want to get rid of them. If you can agree with God that sin and demons are your enemy, because they are God's enemy. But you need to remember that God loves sinners, but God hates sin. Amen? God loves you, but God hates sin in your life. So if you agree with God that sins are ugly, are abomination, are the things that God hates, and the things that God considers enemy, and you make that decision, then God can help you. But if you love to entertain sin, you just love to do that. You just feel good to be aroused sin all the time, demons will come around and help you to entertain that sin and enjoy that sin. And then you invite demons to come into your life. You open the door. You know, when you turn on the internet and watch pornography, you open the doors of your eyes for the demon of pornography, the demon of sexual immorality to come in. And after a while, they'll take control over you and you become addicted. And eventually what you're going to do, you're going to start to commit adultery, You're going to cheat your wife or your husband and go into destruction. Because one demon come in, another demon will come in. The next demon will come in, they come in as a gang. And one by one, eventually your life will go into destruction. So we cannot open the door for the enemy to come into your house. Remember this, demons are the enemy. Sins are the enemy. Don't open the door for them to come in. They destroy. They come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. If you used to get involved in occults, for example, fortune telling, or horoscopes, or get involved, getting involved in anything that related to the evil spirit, you need to renounce them. You need to say, "I don't want this anymore." I told you last time that I used to have a lot of idols in my life when I was a non-believer. Once I become a Christian and I learn about this lesson, I gave it to my missionary pastor, and he took it out and burned all of them. He took all of these idols in my house anymore. I want only Jesus Christ in my life. I need to get rid of all the bad things, bad book. I ad- admit to you, when I was a young man, I hit a lot of, we call Playboy magazine. I don't want my dad to see. When I was maybe eight or year nine years old, grow up as a young man, you know, we love to collect all this Playboy magazine in Thailand. I don't know they have it now a day, but in my generation, we have a magazine called Playboys. Okay, somebody laugh about it. And those magazines were under my bed because I want to look at it when my dad is not around. Once I become a believer, I burn all of them. I don't want to keep all those magazines in my house anymore. I decide to take side with God and get rid of the enemies of my life. This is the key to be set free from sin. Amen? If you still love those things, the pornographic books, bad movies, or fortune-telling book, or you keep some sin in your life, you are giving the devil the legal right to come into your life and take over you and continue to control you. As long as you keep those things, you are telling the devil... Yes, I give you the rico light to come into my house again. So you need to get rid of those to tell him that get out of here, Satan. You have no place in my life anymore. I submit to God, resist you, and I will be free from you. Amen. So that's number four. Repent and renounce all evil things in your life. Number five, forgive others. Let's look at Matthew chapter 18. This is in the Bible. Matthew chapter 18, I read to you. Why we need to forgive people. So important, this is one of the key to deliverance, to be free from torturers. The Bible says, Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, verse 32, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have compassion on your fellow servant, Just as I had pity on you. And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. The word torturers are demonic spirits. So God said that if you don't forgive people, you open the door for torturers to come into your life and torture you. A lot of people get sick because they don't want to forgive people. And they get cancer. They get heart problem, liver problem, because they don't want to forgive people. They allow demons of sickness and disease to come in to kill them. Therefore, every single day you wake up, you need to ask yourself, am I getting mad at somebody? Or do I hold grudges against anybody in my life? If you have that problem, you should ask God for forgiveness right away and forgive that person. And go do good to that person Pray for that person as soon as possible. If you don't want demons to hang around you, the torturers to hang around you, you need to forgive everybody that has offended you or cheated you or make you mad or make you feel bad or gossip about you. You need to forgive everybody in order to avoid the torturers. Amen? Everyone say forgiveness. What does it mean forgiveness? Forgiveness means I tear, I owe you. Maybe some of the ladies in this room have been tortured by your husband or by your boyfriend. Maybe your boyfriend doesn't call you enough. Maybe your boyfriend doesn't show love to you or your husband is not sensitive to you. And you start to say, you owe me. I'm going to get back to you. You know, if you do that, you're calling demon to come in. You need to say, I'm going to tear this I owe you. You don't do right to me, that's okay. I'm going to continue to do good to you, and I know God going to answer my prayer. Amen. Don't return evil with evil, but return good. Amen. Do always do good to people and don't hold grudges. That's number 5. Everyone say forgive people. Number 6 last one, call on the name of the Lord. John chapter 6 verse 37. No one can cast out demon from you except in the name of Jesus, by the Holy Spirit. Amen. All that the Father gives me will come to me. Me means Jesus. And the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. So when you come to Jesus and call on His name, He will never reject you or deny you. He will help you if you come to Him sincerely. Matthew 12, verse 28. The Lord Jesus said, But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Did you notice that when Jesus was walking on earth, He did three main ministry, actually four main ministry. Number one, making disciples. Number two, preaching the gospel and teaching the Word of God. Number three, He healed the sick and performed miracles. And number four, he cast out demons. And the Bible says we need to be like Jesus. So every one of us should learn how to preach the gospel and teach the word of God. All of us should learn how to lay hand on the sick and the sick get healed. We should all learn how to cast out demons because that's what Jesus called us to do. Amen. The Bible says in Mark chapter 16, verse 17, in Philip translation, this side shall follow them that believe. How many people believe God in this room? The Bible did not say, this side shall follow the pastor, the evangelist, the teachers in the body of Christ. It said, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall expel demons. So every believer need to learn how to expel demons or cast out demons. We need to learn how to cast out demons from ourselves and from other people around us. Amen? Jesus said that He Himself, as the Son of the living God, He casts out demons by the Spirit of God. It Jesus Christ, when we call on the name of Jesus, we have the right to approach the throne room of God for deliverance. But the person who really casts demons out of us is not Jesus Himself, but the Spirit of the living God. Casting out demons is related to the anointing or the presence of God or the the Spirit of the living God. In fact, there is a prophecy in the Bible. If you read the book of Joel, chapter 2, this part of the Bible promised the church that the church is going to enter into revival, going to enter into complete victory, enter into the fullness of God. Look at what the Bible says. In Joel chapter 2, verses 25 to 28. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts have eaten, the crowing locusts, the consuming locusts, and the chewing locusts, my great army which I send among you. You shall eat in plenty. So when God restores the year that the locusts have eaten, what are the locusts? Demons. Insects are symbolic of demons. So God said that demons destroy people's life. God going to restore the year that demon has destroyed your life. And after that, what happened? The outcome. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. So prosperity come in. Praise the name of the Lord your God, who had dealt wondrously with you, and my people shall never be put to shame. Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. So you're going to rise up in glory. You're going to be the head, not the tail, in the society. Because God set you free from demons, and God begin to bless you. Take away all the demonic power, the locusts out of you. How does he do that to the church? And that's why we have revival service. Look at verse 28 and it shall come to pass. Afterward, mean now, afterward. The book of Job was written more than 2,000 years ago. God prophesies through the prophet of Job that afterward, in this generation, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. So when the file of God falls down and touches people, there are many things happening in that person's life. And one of the things that happened in the file of God when the Holy Spirit touched people in the name of Jesus is demons will come out from those people. People will be set free. Their finances will be better. Relationship between husband and wife will be better. Their kids are going to be better. Their family is going to be better. Improving and improving and improving The ministry will be better Everything going to be better Because the years that the locusts have eaten Has been restored Amen And that's what happened in my life and Pastor our life Before we entered into the file of God In revival in 1996 and 1997 That's the first time we entered the revival We did not have good relationship We had a lot of problems I was sick, she was sick We were not happy campers. We were not happy, even though we know Jesus. But after demon come out from us, relationship was restored. Our kids got better, and our finances have been improving. Our health has been restored. We got healed from God. We are not sick easily anymore. We are healthier. We are stronger than before our relationship with Christ gets stronger because the demon that comes and block us from getting to know God is gone. We can worship God easily. We can read the Bible and understand the Bible more faster because the demon that comes and blinds us from understanding the Word of God was taken away by the file of God, by the Holy Spirit. So that's why I believe with all my heart that every single church, every single Christian who wants to reach to the fullness of Christ need to welcome the file of God or the presence of the Holy Spirit. And as long as I lead any church in my life, those churches have to encounter the file of God. Because I believe theologically that the church will never, never, never become like Christ without revival, without the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on a regular basis. Amen. We deceive ourselves. We lie to ourselves just to go to church on Sunday, sitting there, listen to a 15-minute sermon, singing a few songs and go home, and we think we're going to be like Jesus. No way. We need the fire of God. We need to get rid of all the jungle of our life. Amen? At the beginning, maybe God get rid of all the demons. But later on, He will start to inject more anointing, more wisdom, more joy, more strength. He take the bad things out and He put the good things in. That's how God works. In order to fill up a cup of water with the good water, you need to pour out the bad things and clean it up first and then pour in the good water. The same thing in revival service, God come in and clean up some part of your life. Maybe certain part of your mind, God get rid of demon from there and then he put in the new things. That's how God works in your life. Amen? So, in conclusion, you have to do five things in order to be a candidate for deliverance. Number one, you need to humble yourself. Number two, you need to be completely honest about yourself. Three, confess your sins. Four, repent, renounce of all the evil things, and consider them as your enemies. Five, forgive others. Six, call on the name of the Lord and cooperate with the Spirit of the living God. Let the Holy Spirit come and minister to you. Now, I want to give you a practical point. When God touch you and demons come out of you, there might be different manifestations, such as you feel nothing. You may feel nothing, but demons come out and you don't know. Or you may sense that something just crawling out from your body. I heard a lot of people come to tell me that when I got touched by the fire of God, I saw in my vision cockroaches and snake and scorpion. They they saw in the in their own spiritual vision that crawls out from them and just running everywhere, or maybe rats or something come out from their body. And a lot of people told me that way, but they didn't feel anything. They just lie there and they saw the vision. And some people may have a dream after they get touched by God. They have a dream that something come out. Maybe in the dream they vomit some big thing come out from their body. God give them the dream that some bad spirit has come out from them. Or they may have yawning, or maybe coughing, or maybe crying, maybe yelling, or screaming. I'm not teaching you to scream. Don't take me wrong. If God make you scream and the demon come out, don't stop it. I'm going to give you the reason why Look at what the Bible says when the demon come out from people. Acts chapter 8 verse 7. Acts 8 7. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were polarized and lamed were healed. So in the ministry of Philip's, when he cast out demons, many demons cried out loud. So when you heard people cry out loud, Maybe not that person cry. Maybe demon cry and getting out from that person. I've seen all kinds of things when I go on the mission trip. I see people cough. Some people cough for an hour, keep coughing, coughing. You know why? Because the word evil spirit, the word spirit in the Greek language is breath. Evil breath. So when you want to smoke, what do you do? You inhale. Like this, you smoke, you inhale the smoke in. When you want to get rid of the smoke, what do you do? You just exhale that breath out. You get rid of it, you expel it out. When you want to receive the Holy Spirit, what do you do? You drink. You drink in. The Spirit come in. Because the Bible compared the Holy Spirit to water. So you just receive and drink. You don't just sit there and keep praying and keep talking to God. You just drink, and the Holy Spirit will come in. Amen? The same thing when you come out to receive the Holy Spirit. You don't come out and start to analyze, God, what you are going to do tonight? Let me calculate. One, two, three, four. Let me analyze you. No, you come out and just drink, and just receive from God. You don't come out to analyze, what is in that bottle that God is going to give to me? Is there any sodium, potassium, or chloride in there? You keep looking and you never drink until everyone go home and you're still thinking and looking. And you never drink anything because you keep analyzing the water. So when you receive the Holy Spirit, you just come and drink. I learn that all the time. When I come to receive from God, I just come and drink. I don't think too much. I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, I just drink. And God will come and touch me. The same thing with demon. When demon want to go out, don't speak in tongue. Don't pray in tongue. Don't try to talk to God. Let them go out. You feel that you're going to cough. You feel that you're going to vomit. Just let it go. Let it go out. Don't stop it. Amen. Don't f- try to stop. When you have an ambulance come in. Have you ever seen an ambulance go on the road? You hear the silence. Yee- the silence come in. And you see the light on the back of the ambulance. The red light t- turning on. What do you do? You get out of the way, all the car park on the, on the side and let the ambulance go. The same principle, when the demon is going to come out of you, you don't put your car and break it and say, don't come out, don't come out. You just let it go. You just cough it out. You just exhale it out. You just, whatever, if you want to scream, scream. I remember in 1997, when demons come out of me in a meeting in Tampa, Florida, I was crying and screaming for half an hour while the preacher was still preaching. I was under the chair and the pastor was still preaching and Dr. Lau still screaming under the chair. And he did not care because he knew the demon come out of me. I watched the movie from Budapest. A revivalist or evangelist went there and a the pastor was sitting there and he called that pastor out. When he get out from the chair, the Holy Spirit touched that pastor without laying on a hand. That pastor started to shake like this and cough the demon out and fall under the power without even laying hand on. The Spirit of God move and touch people and people get set free in the meeting. How many people like to be in that kind of meeting? It's fun, huh? When the Holy Spirit starts to move then Holy Spirit touch, and demons come out from people and it's wonderful. I mean, don't think in a bad way. Jesus said, when demons come out of you, the kingdom of God come on you. It's holy, it's glorious, it's good. To have demons cast out of you is good. Don't think in a negative way. Oh, people think that I have demons. Who cares? <laughs> I don't care. People think I have demons. They don't feed me anyway. I have to go out and work, feed myself. I don't get money from them anyway. I don't care. People think about me. I just want to be set free. I never beg money from anybody. Amen? I just want to be set free so that I can be effective for God. So that I will not live in depression, in anxiety, in the sin and all the bondage. I want to be set free. I want to be used of God in my life. I have only one life to live. Every single day, every minute that the clock keeps ticking, ticking, ticking like this, you are losing every minute to serve the Lord effectively. So the sooner you are set free, the sooner you are anointed, the more effective you can be for God for the rest of your life. Amen. Let me ask this question. If you choose between coming out to be prayed for, the Holy Spirit touch you, you cry, you, the makeup goes away, your hair looks like a mess. Choosing between that and have a surgery on your body because cancer attacked you. Or choosing between that and keep taking trazodone every day, paying the medical bill and the pharmacy get rich. Which one you going to choose? I'd rather choose being touched by God, not taking Sarsadone. I'd rather get touched by God than to be sick with 10 sicknesses and keep taking medication and have multiple surgery and get depressed and divorced in my house and my kids go into crazy. I'd rather get touched by God and bring the file of God into my house. Amen. Amen? Amen? A lot of Christians don't understand that. When we start to lay hands, they run away to the back of the room, but they don't mind to go to see a doctor and pay 200 bucks to the doctor. But this is free. They don't want it to be touched by God. Are you getting what I try to say? I try to change your mind that this is good. This is holy. The Holy Spirit, God promised the outpouring of the Holy Spirit so that the locust will be removed from your life so that you will be set free. And you can be productive in your life. Amen? It's the grace of God. It's the good things. And it's the promise in the Bible. Amen. This is not my own idea. It's in the Bible. Hallelujah. I'm going to give you some time to bow your head, close your eyes, make a decision to be humble, make a decision To examine yourself, what's wrong in your life. Be honest about yourself. Maybe ask the Holy Spirit to reveal some of the bad habits, some of the sin that you have been dealing with for a long time, but you cannot overcome it. Maybe certain bondages that you have in your life. Maybe some sickness. You admit that you are sick in that area, and the doctor cannot heal you but you need the power of the Holy Spirit to come and help you. Bow your head, close your eyes, and ask God for forgiveness. Repent of those sins. Ask God for forgiveness. Don't play game with God. Take serious about repenting, confessing. Maybe God revealed to you somebody in your life that hurt you, Maybe your parents hurt your feeling. They don't understand you. And they say something that makes you feel upset. Maybe your spouse, your teacher, your pastor offend you either knowingly or unknowingly. Maybe somebody don't pay back the money they borrow from you and you still get mad at them. Ask God to f- help you to forgive those people and bless those people. And call on the name of the Lord. Ask the Holy Spirit to come to set you free. Demons may not be the criminal type that you go out and rob a bank and kill somebody. It may not be look like a, someone who is in the mental hospital. A lot of time we think that people who have demons are in the mental hospital. Or those who are crazy go out and kill somebody. It can be little one. Maybe that demon caused you not to be able to wake up on Sunday morning. And you come to church late all the time because you cannot wake up. Maybe demons of loving money. You just love money more than God. You feel that, how come I cannot love God more than material things and money? You say, God, tonight, I want to be set free from those spirits. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. I call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. May the file of God, may the Spirit of the living God touch me tonight. May the Kingdom of God come and be established in my life. Lord Jesus, I forgive those who have offended me. I repent of my sin. I renounce all the evil things in my life. The occult practice fortune-telling, worshipping idols. Tonight I'm desperate. I need to be changed. Oh Lord, touch me, change me. Maybe demons of religion. You go to church, but you don't have relationship with Jesus. You just go to church as religion. You criticize people. You don't love people. You just walking like a Pharisee. Thinking that you are better than everyone else. Pride instead of loving people. Religion. Religious demons. Thank you Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Pray to God. Forgive those who offend you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, send your fire into this place right now Father open the windows of heaven pour out your Holy Spirit according to your promise in Joel chapter 2 verse 28 that you shall pour out your Spirit upon all flesh your church will be purified will be sanctified cleansed purged make holy holy all the evil things will leave them. They will become strong, honorable disciple, fruitful disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Like a blind, a blind man. man Waiting patiently We press in Through the crowd and, and suddenly A touch from heaven Jesus came And rescued me Suddenly a touch from heaven. Jesus came and set me free.
0: We trust this message has ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching series, please contact us at 206-275-1042 or visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.org. You may also write to us at the following address. New Hope International Church, 9170 Southeast 64th Street, Mercer Island, Washington 98040.